Let the admonishing commence. This podcast is produced by medical professionals who also have type 1 diabetes. First and foremost, we are two type 1s trying to spread the word about life with diabetes. Please don't go off and do anything we discuss without first talking to your own diabetes care provider. Because it works for us doesn't mean it'll work for you. Sometimes it doesn't even work for us. You have been duly admonished. Now sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Oh, wait, wrong story. How about we just get comfortable and enjoy the ride? Welcome to that One Type Podcast, a podcast by and for type 1 diabetics. Uh, just do a little disclaimer here. We are medical professionals. Sometimes we don't act medical and we don't act professional. Uh, please take what we say with a grain of salt. Just because it works for us doesn't mean it might work, might not, or might work for you. Uh, but always discuss any changes to your therapy or management with your healthcare provider. Uh, don't take it on our word. Um, but we know that in the diabetes online community, we learn from one another a lot. But please heed our warning. Talk to your practitioner first before you make any changes with that being said we're going to rock and roll to uh, our podcast now i my name is tim and i've been a diabetic type one for 40 plus years and across from me is tisha and tisha how long have you worn your cape um for over 20 years i got diagnosed when i was seven all right so that gives you an idea how old she is um I'm the old man on the podcast. I'm 53. I was diagnosed right before my 12th birthday. So um, so today we're going to continue the saga of uh, Tisha's health. Um, as much as I would like to say Tisha's in perfect health, um, we're, we're all living in a time of questionable degrees of health and um, Tisha's a prime example of that. And uh, so tell us... Uh, what happened after you had your sinus infection? Because we did talk about your sinus infection and self-care and knowing when things were going wrong. So what happened after that? You got, you got um, treated for the sinus infection, but then where did we go from there? Um, so, and I promise I usually take pretty good care of my diabetes. It's just been a really weird couple months. Okay. But after my sinus infection, I was diagnosed with pneumonia. All right. Um, it wasn't too bad at first, and I didn't go to the hospital until it got super bad. Um, so I went to urgent care. They took x-rays. Um, they said I had pneumonia. They gave me a few antibiotics there, um, and they did test number one for COVID, and that was a nose swab. Okay. Um, that was a 36-hour test, so I didn't get those results, but those were negative. Okay. Um, and then a few days later, uh, I was so weak with my pneumonia and I was just unable to take care of myself. I was out of it. I felt horrible, um, mm -hmm. to the point where I couldn't leave the couch. I was sleeping on the couch. Okay. So when you say that you couldn't take care of yourself, what does that mean, um, as far as your diabetes and, and your overall taking care of yourself? Um, I was forgetting to take my insulin. Okay. I wasn't hungry enough to eat, mm -hmm. so I wasn't eating, wasn't checking my blood sugars, I wasn't okay. doing anything. And that was all because of how terrible you felt. That was all because of how bad I mm -hmm. felt, yeah. 
Okay. My best friend would call me and she would remind me, did you check your blood sugar? Did you take your insulin? Her mm. and my auntie, they were on top of it for me to be what minimal I could do at the time. Right. Um, I was really sick. I wasn't able to go to either one of my jobs. Um, too sick to where I even didn't have my daughter come to my house because I was unable to drive her to school. Right. Okay. So that's pretty sick. <clears throat> yeah. Um, how long did this go on for? Um, this went on for about a good week before okay. um, I finally decided, swallowed my pride and was like, I have to go to the hospital. Okay. So in that, in that week time frame, uh, which you were weak as well, but um, in that week time frame, so you weren't taking your insulin as frequently as you should have. No. Uh, were you taking it at all? Um, yes. Okay. Just not on a r- regular, regular basis. basis like you would normally take it. Yeah. Um, and you weren't testing, so you didn't know and you weren't Mm-mm. eating. So your body was going into crisis fast. Yeah. So you didn't have any insulin to, to maintain your blood sugar. You weren't eating. Your body was, uh, I'm sure, headed towards DKA mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. You were dehydrated. You were probably uh, using the bathroom as frequently as you could get yourself off the couch and go. Mm-hmm. Um, Which wasn't often because I didn't even have the energy to shower. Right. But you also weren't yeah. drinking either. So no. you weren't putting anything in. But I'm sure mm-hmm. you were still getting dehydrated. Uh, from the DKA and from the hyperglycemia, uh, not to mention all the oh, other yeah, things that were going on. Because I was sick, instead of drinking, when I'm sick, my go-to is uh, Sprite Zero. Right. So instead of drinking water or Gatorade Zero to replenish my electrolytes, I was going to Sprite. Right. Which anything cold. Anything yeah, no. Right, and cold, the colder the better. And mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, that was just feeding the hyperglycemia, even though the Sprite was zero, that You're cold, you know, that if, if you don't have diabetes and you've never been severely hyperglycemic, you don't understand the colder, the better. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. could put your mouth under a, a frozen faucet and it would taste like gold. Yeah. Uh, me eating consisted of eating ice just because that just made my mouth feel better. Right. My gums were swollen. My teeth hurt. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I get dark circles under my eyes when my blood sugars go high. Those were there. Right. I was tired. I was sleeping all day except for sure. maybe a couple hours. Right. Um, and then I decided, okay, I need to go to the emergency room. Okay. So I did go to the emergency room. I'm not going to say what hospitals I was at just because I don't want anybody to take anything the wrong way. or. Right. Um, so I went to the emergency room at the hospital. Um, I waited in the waiting room all night. Wow. I waited in the waiting room all night. So um, was the waiting room then, full? I mean, was the emergency room busy? Um, not really. No. People were coming and going, coming and going. Okay. But they still didn't have, like, rooms, they said. They saw me at the nurse's station, finally. Right. I got, I went by ambulance because I couldn't drive myself that time. Okay. This was my first trip to the emergency room. All right. I went by ambulance. I, um, because I couldn't drive, I tried to get into my car and I got super dizzy. Like I didn't even make it up my stairs at my apartment. Okay. I stayed in my car until the medic service got there and they then pulled me out of my car, got me into the ambulance. Um, that happened about six o'clock. I didn't get seen till six 30 
and they finally saw me at the nurse's station. Okay. Not once did anybody ever check my blood sugar, even though I kept telling them I'm diabetic. Right. And my blood sugar's high. I wanted water. They wouldn't let me have water. Yeah. Um, and they just blew off the whole, I'm diabetic. And then I got seen at the nursing station, like I said, about 6.30. And they told me it was COVID. Okay. They were just like, well, you have symptoms of COVID. I'm diabetic. There's other things going on here. They're like, oh, now you just got symptoms of COVID. Okay. Um, they took me for an x-ray earlier that night. The x-ray still says it was pneumonia. So I have two x-ray diagnoses with pneumonia on them. Okay. Um, they did do a nose swab and they got that one back within the hour. And that one did say COVID. So that was two of four. First one said negative. First one said uh, positive. Who knows? I could have had COVID. Yeah. I'm not ruling it out, but. Right. Right. I mean, right now, everything's still blurred to what happened. So, so when the medics came, did they do a finger stick on you? They did do a finger stick and they did give me insulin. Yes. Okay. So what mm. was your sugar then? Do you remember? Nope. Okay. Well, they gave you insulin. It obviously was not normal. So. Yeah. No. The only reason why I remember they gave me insulin is because they gave me my shot in my arm. And I never do that. So. Okay. Yeah. They okay. gave me insulin. Well, that's easy access. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Then did they hook you up to an IV or anything? They yeah. They had a line? So you had yes. a line at least. I had a line. Okay. Um, I was so dehydrated. I went through that bag of liquid in about two hours. Okay. All right. Yeah. You were, you were um, kind of parched. Yeah. So. Um, and then they gave me another one when I got to the emergency, when I was in the emergency room waiting room. Right. And that one took a little bit longer. To go through, they also slowed the drip down. Yeah, a so lot they probably more, slowed but... it down. Yeah. Okay. So then what so, happened? So now, now you've got so, this positive COVID test. Um, I went home. Okay, treated it like COVID. Just I didn't, I didn't know what to do at the time. Um, friends bought me care packages. They brought me broth. Um, I'm very grateful for my friends. Right. They helped me a lot because I was unable to leave. Yeah. Um. So then we go a couple days later. I was still taking my antibiotics that was prescribed to me. Um, right. the, and all the pills that were prescribed to me, I felt like I was taking a hundred horse pills. Yeah. yeah. Plus my vitamins to help me feel better. Um, my blood sugars were not stabilized, but they're high 200s, low 300s. Okay, but then, you were checking. But so. I was checking them. <laughs> yeah. And that right. lasted for about three days. And then I started feeling really bad again. Okay. Um, to the point where I wasn't eating anymore. I was blacking out. I was was on my couch again. Okay. Um, that should have been a red flag. Yeah, it should have yeah. been. I should have paid attention to it, yeah. but I didn't. I'm hard-headed and blow things off. Okay. Um, so, but it also happened within like 24 hours. Right, right. Um, so I told my friend Kathy and, um, she was like, okay, well, I don't want you to be alone. She reached out to a mutual friend that we have. Mm-hmm. Not going to say his name. I haven't asked his permission, anything. We appreciate yet. him. So, but we love him. Um, we all know him too. But, um, then she reached out to him and was like, Hey, I don't want her to be alone. There's something going on with her. Um, she can't be alone. So at this point in time, he came over 
Um, I had already been throwing up for a few days. Um, I wasn't able to hold any liquids down due to my blood sugars. Right. Um, so he got there and I was just like, I don't feel good. Like, I don't feel good. I want to crawl up into a ball and cry. I don't feel good. Mm. Couldn't get comfortable. Couldn't do anything. The most embarrassing thing you do in front of a guy that you like is throw up. I did that three or four times. Okay. <laughs> it was okay. horrible. So embarrassed to this day. Did you make it to the bathroom or did you throw up in the living room? Made it to the bathroom. Okay. Did he hold your hair back? No. Boo. He failed. <laughs> okay. Um, but after an hour, after a couple hours of doing that, I finally told him, um, I need to go to the hospital. Okay. So instead of taking me to the same, sorry guys. Instead of taking me to the she's trouble. We're talking about the same cat. hospital. <laughs> We're having cat issues, guys. They're <laughs> um, Instead of taking me to the same hospital where they made me wait in the waiting room all night, I did get taken to a different hospital. Okay, good choice. Good, good choice. choice. Yeah, yeah, I definitely didn't want to wait all night again. Right. Um, I told them I'm diabetic. Told them I tested once for negative. For a COVID test and then had my other test and that came back positive. Um, so they put me in a isolated room. Okay. To be cautious, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, I would have. I was in that room by myself for hours. I had a lab tech come in, draw my blood. Right. Um, and then after that, don't remember much. Do remember still throwing up profusely. I do remember laying there on just laying there because I couldn't move. It was cold. Right. I was shivering. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this is the last thing I remember before I went into DKA. Um, for those of you who don't know what DKA is, that's diabetic ketoacis from your blood sugars being too high. Right. The last thing I remember is banging on doors in the hallway. And finally, um, the, one of the cleaning janitor guys saw me. I was banging and crying. I need help. I need help. And that's the last thing I remember. Okay. All right. So you were you were spiraling fast. Yeah. So. Wasn't a good spiral, guys. No, it wasn't like yeah. a good spiral where everybody's like, let's go spiral. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you, you were spiraling fast. You were having um, some psych issues. Uh, because of the DKA, because of the hyperglycemia. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, I've been in DKA twice in my life. Um, I know that feeling is an awful feeling uh, because in order to get the DKA, you have to have all the other components, the hyperglycemia, the dehydration, all of that. So I can understand what you're saying about that feeling. It's And it's a feeling that um, it covers you. It's it's there and you can't shake it and you want it to go away and there's nothing that you think is going to make it better. Uh, and then of course now we've got this whole COVID thing, so you're shut up in a room so that you're separated from everybody. You can't have visitors, so your friend brought you and they're not allowed in. And that's you know that would help a little bit to have some companionship. And of course the hospitals are busy. Um, the hospitals here in Albuquerque are overwhelmed with um, with sick folk. Um, yeah, actually, the first hospital I went to turned 
told me that they couldn't put me in a room or treat me for anything because they had no available room. They had no room to put you in. So the best thing they could do was send you home and tell you what to do. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to go on my soapbox here for a second. Um, a lot of these uh, overcrowding situations in our hospitals here in Albuquerque are because uh, people have refused to get vaccinated. Um, and those folks that are coming down with COVID and inundating our intensive care <clears throat> units and our emergency rooms and our regular floors um, are folks that were not vaccinated. Uh, that's not saying that um, if you got vaccinated, you can't get it. You can, and there are folks that are in the hospitals that um, have been vaccinated and, and have contracted uh, the Delta variant. Um, but the majority of folks statistically we know are people that did not get vaccinated or refused to be vaccinated. Um, and they're just overwhelming uh, the hospitals. And, and folks who don't have COVID, like Tisha, who, although we don't know whether that test was positive or not, um, the fact is that she went in with a type, as, as a type one um, person with diabetes uh, in DKA with all sorts of things going on that were not COVID related and they didn't have room to take care of her properly. Um, and that's not the hospital's fault, you know, um, no. nurses and doctors and techs and all the, the um, ancillary staff are, are overwhelmed. They're, they're burnt out. Um, and especially when you look at somebody and you say, well, you've got COVID. Did you get vaccinated? No, I refuse to do that. Well, here's your sign. Um, Another thing that is frustrating is, they overlooked the fact that I was diabetic. Right. They were so, they're so focused. Their mind is so set in those emergency rooms on COVID, 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 mm -hmm. protecting themselves and protecting everybody else. Right. That they simply overlooked the fact, let's test her blood sugar. Yeah. Let's take this type 1 diabetes a little bit. And I think that's what was frustrating to me is mm -hmm. they just totally bypassed it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and they are focusing on COVID because COVID can progress so quickly, but so can DKA and, and DKA can kill you. Um, and if Presp the hospital that I went to first, if they would have just been like, oh, you're type one diabetic, let's draw your blood. Let's see what your A1C is. Let's right. see what your blood sugar is. Yeah. Um, and all the other blood chemistries that go along with DKA. Yeah. That would have been. I might have not have had to go to that other hospital. Right. And I wouldn't have lost three days of my life. I right. have three days that I don't know what happened to me. Exactly. Um, and, and not only that, you know, we don't consider the financial cost. You know, if, if you don't have good insurance, um, you know, those hospital visits can be expensive. Um, and then, um, so they, they, the second hospital puts you up in the unit. Obviously, because you were in DKA. They put um, me in ICU. Yeah, the, mm -hmm. the unit. Um, and managed your diabetes for you. Now, you were not conscious or don't remember. No, I did read over my, once I was able to read and have a clear mind and think straight, mm -hmm. um, I read over my notes. Okay. They were testing my blood sugar once an hour. I was on an insulin drip. Right. Okay. Um, but when they finally pulled my blood sugar, 
through my lab work, my blood sugar was 776. Okay. So, yeah, you were definitely uh, in crisis yeah. stage. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was good that you finally saw that red flag and finally said, I can't handle this at home. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, need, I need help from people that can. Yeah. Um, and they eventually got you the help that you needed. Um, mm-hmm. So you were in the unit, what, you said three days? Yeah. Okay. And then um, they said, okay, the DKA is gone. Your blood sugars are stabilized. Then what? Um, I woke up. Okay. I woke up. I was there for a couple hours. Um, they gave me breakfast. I couldn't eat. Um, I w- didn't have the ability to swallow. Okay. I don't know why. Right. I don't know if I had the um, thing in my mouth or what the reason was. Right. So you don't know whether you were intubated or not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember reading that in the notes. I'm going to assume I was because every time I tried to swallow, I wanted to cry. Right. Yeah, you may have been intubated. So I'm pretty sure I was intubated because it felt like I just got my tonsils out. Yeah, oh, probably intubated. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so I couldn't eat. I did have to drink something. Right. Um, hold it down. I had to use the bathroom. I had a catheter. Um, Neat. So you had <laughs> tubes coming in and out of everywhere. Yeah, I was also restrained. Well, that came from your stint in the ER. Uh, so. Yeah, probably. I mean. Uh, until they give you an opportunity. I don't know. To I had some people crazed. tell me. <laughs> I had some people tell me, I'm surprised you didn't uh, hit anybody. It's like, maybe I did. Maybe that's why I was restrained. Well, um, I'm sure they <laughs> called security for you oh, yeah. in the I'm ER. Sure. And um, you were immediately restrained and taken up to the unit. <laughs> yes, I'm sure I was. Um, oh. But, yeah, it it's not fun not knowing what happened, not remembering right. what happened. Um, I'm sure I'll get the bill in a couple months and see what I was charged for. Absolutely. Yeah, you will. Don't worry. You might even get it next week. Oh. Um, so Lucky me. The cycles are ending. And yeah. So then you can see um, what the deal is. So, okay. So um, um, they said, all right, we're going to pull this catheter so you can go pee. You mm-hmm. go and pee. Um, you, you drank something. Yeah. Uh, you were able to hold that down. Yeah, and I was chewing ice. I still just wanted ice. I was still having the side effects from the DKA. Yeah. Cold. The colder, the better. Colder, better, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and so then they come in and say, you get to go home. Yep. Nifty. Okay, we're sending you home. I'm assuming they needed the room, so they're getting people out of there well, yeah. as fast as possible. Yeah, you had stabilized. You, Your your chemistries had normalized um, your... Don't. All the other things that go along with DKA had stabilized, so you're no longer a threat to your body. Yeah. Um, and so they send you home. So what were their what were your discharge instructions? Uh, to follow up with my endocrinologist, let her know I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. and stay checking my blood sugars, and um, she okay. could see the paperwork, I guess, even right. though she's at a different hospital. Right. Which is, I mean, there's really not much she can do with the paperwork. I mean, you were there. They managed you. and Yeah. Um, so, you, have you since followed up with her? Uh, yes, I've had a video appointment with her. Okay. We did change my insulin ratios quite a bit. Okay. Um, 
Do you think then... that maybe, um, I'm not saying that the, the pneumonia, the, the infection from the sinus and things didn't have a major contributing factor, but maybe it was time to review your ratios given um, your history of insulin resistance and things? They were working pretty well. I did okay. have an appointment with my doctor August 1st, just my annual appointment. Right. I see her every three months. So um, I did have an appointment with her and everything was going according to plan. Everything, we had our sweet spot for things. Right, right. So we were doing okay. Okay. Um, so so in the, let's, to give you an idea of how uncontrolled my diabetes went in like a month and a half, I went from a 8.2 A1C on August mm -hmm. 1st to a 12.1 A1C in just a few weeks because of this illness that was going right. on. Right, you were really bombarding your system with, with glucose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That'll be interesting to see uh, when you do your A1C again mm -hmm. um, what it is. Yeah, so I was on that app, that Beyond One oh, okay. app, yeah. and I posted in there, and I was talking to people with similar mm -hmm. things. And the most response I got was four months. It took four months to get their diabetes back under control. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which scares me. I don't want it to take that long, but if it well, does, it does. I mean, it's almost been a month since my DKA. Right. But. And so part of the, the issue with your being ill um, over that period was you weren't testing. So mm -hmm. how have you remedied that or how has it been remedied for you? Well, <laughs> I got a new fancy accessory. Okay. Right here on my arm. You All know, right. so goes you're with me everywhere now. A member of the Libre clan. I am a member of the Libre clan. Though okay. I'm not a Libra, I'm still a member. That's okay. Yeah. It's um, always cool to see them in the wild. I get so excited when I see somebody walking around with it on their arm. I get so, so excited when I see the kids with them on their arm. Like when I work in the dental office yeah. and I see the yeah. kids. I'm like, oh, I love that. Well, now you can relate. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I, I hide mine. I don't really hide it, but I like wearing it on my chest versus my arm. I, every time I wear it on my arm, I knock it off. Huh. So uh, I wear it on my chest. They told me I didn't have enough fat there to put it there to go into my bone. Well, no, no. I wear it over oh here Lord. on the pec. Oh, okay. So you've got enough. Yeah. There. So you can wear it I a little couldn't. lower. But, I don't um, know. I like my arm. It's okay now. Yeah, as long as your arm is working and that's, that's the um, – the the uh, the company says that's where you're supposed to put it. Mm -hmm. um, but again, here we're back to the diabetes online community. I have a lot of friends that wear Libras that wear them everywhere but their arms. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I mean, at this point, I really didn't care where I put it. I right. mean, I'm sure when I get better and I'm back to 100 percent, I'm gonna be like, I don't even like wearing this. Please, please don't let me wear this anymore. Um, I'm really self-conscious, but right now I know I need it. Right. So I have to wear it and. Right. Well, that, that's the nice thing is um, you can wear it other places if you're self-conscious. Um, it doesn't have to be visible. Yeah. You know, you can put it elsewhere. Um, and you know, the company won't tell you that. And, and, you know, Abbott's allowed to say that it's their device. But, um, you know, it's it's good. And you've got the Libre 2, so it has mm -hmm. alarms. and. Oh, it has an alarms that goes off like 10 times a day. Right. Like, Right. For for people that don't know about the Libre uh, 2, the Libre 2 is now a, a full-fledged uh, continuous glucose monitor um, because it has alarms 
and um, so you can set it or your healthcare practitioner can set it to say when it's below this level or above this level um, alert so that you can check um, and then the importance of, of once you get that alert is to do something about it and in your case um, I imagine the alerts are all highs yeah okay even at nighttime even at nighttime yes trust me I Three o'clock in the morning, I like to be like 320. Yeah, God mm. bless dawn phenomenon. Yes. Um, and that's the whole reason I went on the pump, was to get rid of the dawn phenomenon, mm-hmm. uh, which it has. So, um, But yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it can be annoying, and if it's doing multiple times, um, you know, you just get so aggravated with technology. Um, but um, you're bolusing when you see the highs, and um, because you're not on a pump, you do need to... Yeah. You know, keep taking insulin, stacking it, um, and trying to prevent that bottoming out, too. Mm-hmm. So have, you, have you been low since you've gotten out? Um, I've been low twice. Okay. They weren't really lows. Well, I guess one was. Under I mean, 70 or under 50? Under One was under 50 and one was under 60. Okay. So they, they were lows. Yeah. So, um, But so that's not bad. Was that because you stacked? Yeah, it was because up? I stacked and then... Yeah crashed about 11 o'clock at night yeah yeah which that's the nice thing with the with having the libra is you don't have to go to that process of testing before you go to bed you just scan it mm-hmm. um so much easier I'm, I'm more inclined to test frequently or to scan frequently than i was to test yeah um just because it's one it's costly you know every time you test that's a strip and they're 50 cents to a dollar and a half depending on what meter you use um, yeah or your copage just like why am I paying? Yeah, um, this the whole money aspect of diabetes is so um, backwards. But uh, eventually they'll figure it out when they get a cure. So uh, that won't be for a while, unfortunately. Sorry, folks. Um, so, um, so how do you feel now? Um, I know I'm not a hundred percent. Okay. Um, yesterday was my first day back at work. Mm-hmm. I worked a whole regular eight-hour day. Mm-hmm. Just to remind you guys, I'm a dental assistant, so I'm constantly on my feet, constantly going, right. nonstop. Um, and then I worked half a day today. This morning, I woke up crying in the state of not remembering. It was a Tuesday, and I called my office manager at 6.30, crying. I'll be right there. Um, I know... I know we you're doing your meeting now, and she's like, we don't start till nine. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never done that before. Okay. <laughs> and okay, well, but you've been out um, of work for a while, and work, so and you weren't in that routine and um, the stress on your brain and yeah, the high blood sugars, which you've you know you're still experiencing those high blood sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you testing your urine? Uh, my ketone. Yeah. No. Okay. That might just be a um, suggestion. Um, Periodically, just to see if you're smelling. <laughs> oh, um, I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure I had ketones. Probably don't now. Um, right, but you know that's going to be an indicator if you I, start to go south as those ketones come back. Yeah. So you know, certainly if you've been hyper for for a while now, yeah, you're going to have some ketones, but you're going to see that change too. You're going to go from that small to moderate to large, mm-hmm. um, and and you know you see that large. If you haven't been large you're heading down fast yeah you know it's not going to take long before you're back on the couch sleeping puking yeah so and we don't want that no so we like seeing you at work so uh, and healthy and yeah 
Yeah. Um, cool. So, um, just briefly, uh, we talked about FMLA, and we had talked about that before in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those um, situations where FMLA is your friend. Um, you know, provided you have met the qualifications and your employer has enough employees, um, FMLA is something that people in your situation should be considering because it protects their their job. Yeah, it does. Um, and that's important. So with Make FMLA, sure you had a job to go back to. Yeah, they they, they can't um, they can't fill your position uh, because of your health. Uh, so if you you are in this position and um, you're wondering what's going, what what what's happening with your job and things. Find out about FMLA. Get that that process started because that's really important. It's a you know it's a federal guarantee that you have a job. Um, doesn't guarantee you'll get paid. You have to use your time and uh, your PTO and your sick and all that. But it protects your um, ability to be employed once you get better. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know that you're you're looking at all your options, and that's that's good because you've got to you've got to uh, look out for yourself you know that that's all mm-hmm. part of self-care too is doing all of those things um i think um in today's day and age they call it adulting yes i uh, do call it adulting yeah um but those are those are the things that are important because you need to maintain your your ability to be employed and as well as your ability to stay healthy um so um well, I'm glad that you um, you didn't suffer more. I know you suffered, and I'm sorry you did. Um, but uh, I'm glad that you're out. And um, I think you probably would have gotten different care had we not been in the midst of COVID. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it would have been addressed and, right away yeah. as the diabetic yeah. situation. And so um, that just leads me to this real quick thing is um, if you have to go to the emergency room, uh, and with the emergency rooms being inundated with COVID and COVID-like symptoms and syndromes, um, you have to push. You, you need to stand up and, and scream and shout, um, don't bang on the doors or the walls, uh, but say that you're, you're a type one diabetic um, and you know this, this is probably diabetes related and please somebody test my blood sugar. Um, force them to do it. Um, it. It goes back to the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil um, and they'll test your blood sugar just to shut you the hell up. Uh, it's not a big deal to test your blood sugar. Um, or if you have your own stuff, you know, of course, when you go to the hospital, take your stuff with you. Even if it's just the ER visit, take your kit with you, your your meter and your supplies and all that um, so that you have it, so that you can manage your um, blood sugars and, and things of that nature. Um, and then, you know, had you had your kit, and I know you weren't in that frame of mind, um, but had you had your kit, you could have tested it and said, look, yeah. I'm 400 or I'm HI, you know, that's usually five or 600 on your meter. Um, you know, and then that gets results because now you have data, uh, that they can do something with. Um, and you know, you, you certainly present it with DKA. Um, and, uh, it's a shame that they didn't take care of it sooner. Um, but I'm glad that I'm glad that you you pulled through it, uh, and maybe it's best that you don't remember your unit um, experience. And if you were intubated, then you were knocked out, mm-hmm. so they put you out because uh, it's not real comfortable to have a tube in your throat um, uh, at in the other end either. Uh, so, um, so 
with that being said, uh, in the future, uh, I have a, a guest coming, um, Jen, who has gastroparesis, uh, which is one of the complications of diabetes affects your stomach. Um, it's a neuro nerve damage to your stomach. So your stomach is not processing food. It's not pushing it through, um, causes a lot of problems. And uh, she's also been hospital a lot, hospitalized a lot in DKA and because of um, the gastroparesis. And um, she would like to talk about um, management in the hospital because I don't think she's ever been unconscious in the hospital or somebody has had to manage her. But as type one diabetics, when we go into the hospital, the hospitalists take over. Uh, and it's not uncommon if you're on a pump or even if you're on a Libre, um, for them to remove them because they don't know how to use them. Um, and if all they had to do, if you're conscious, was ask you. Um, so I've had a friend uh, refuse to have certain doctors come in her room because they wanted to take things off and try to manage something that she's been managing for 40 some plus years. Um, so we're gonna talk about that eventually uh, once we can get Jen uh, in front of our microphones. Uh, so. With that being said, again, I'm glad you are able to join us and that you're back with us, and uh, we look forward to keeping you healthy. Thanks. Um, and um, so, Trevor, you got any comments? Wake up, oh, Trevor. Glad you're still rooting <laughs> and tooting. Rooting and tooting. Yes, it's good. Um, all right. Well, uh, until the next time, uh, my name is Tim, and uh, I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to pass it across the table. My name's Tish, and I'm going to just have a good night, guys. Great. Trevor, say goodbye. You don't want to introduce the cats? You don't want to, you, you don't want to tell everybody the cat's name? So first? we've been a little distracted because um, we have three cats in the house at the moment. Uh, we have Max, the ginger. We have um, Micah, the he's the spooky Halloween cat. He's a fuzzy black cat short hair and then we have Megan Elizabeth who's a really tiny little female tabby who is the leader of the pack um, she is the big troublemaker so they've been up and down on the table and walking over everything and uh, trying to get into our dinner that we're going to have momentarily so uh, but we love them and they're actually pretty good cats they're just curious like cats they're so guests today. they're the guests that's right they didn't have anything to say um, but they are the guests uh, so with that being said, I think um, we're good, and we will see you the next time around. Make sure you uh, have any questions. Give us a, an email at that one type podcast. That's that number one type podcast at gmail.com. We do have a website coming, but uh, we look forward to your comments, criticisms, whatever. If you'd like to be a guest, let us know. We'd love to have you on. Uh, we'd like to talk to people about their origin stories, how they got their blue capes. So. I'm signing off. Love you. Night.